2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on slash recommend today.
3: Sports
4: with balls. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan.
5: What's happening, everybody? You're on this uh, lovely Monday, Charm City. Orioles taking on the White Sox tonight. Oriole Park, Cannon Yards. You're on the phone. Hang tight. We'll get you. Ravens and everybody else in the NFL trimming to 53 by 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. As we get news, we will share that with you. But joining us now to talk about the Birds hosting the White Sox three game series. Baltimore baseball tonight, by the way. Me and Jim Hunter brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts Live Pickles. Coming up at 6 from the Baltimore Sun. Welcome back to the show, Jacob Calvin Meyer. Jacob, good morning. What's going on, man?
6: Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on.
5: All right, we'll start with Felix Batista. We all saw what happened Friday, and we've heard the news since then. The Orioles haven't come out with any absolutes yet in regards to his status, so I'm going to go Dr. Haney and assume he's not going to pitch anytime soon. And we saw Cano back-to-back days, got the save on Saturday. As we move forward here, Jacob, how do you see Brandon Hyde navigating his closer situation?
6: Yeah, on on day it doesn't it doesn't look good, obviously. Anytime you have any sort of injury to the to the UCL, that's always a high level of concern. Um when it comes to the to the closer situation, Brandon Hyde hasn't said how he's going to, you know, kind of delineate the, the back end of his bullpen, but it has been pretty clear thus far and and likely moving forward that Yenier Cano is going to be the primary closer for the rest of the season. Um, he has been, uh, for the vast majority of the season, uh, lights out. Um, one of the biggest surprises, not just on the team, but in, in major league baseball, he is not Felix Bautista, um, because he doesn't strike out, you know, basically two guys in inning there, you know, there are going to be some things that happen here and now, here and then, you know, because he, he's gonna, you know, get ground balls and line with defense a little bit more. Um, and so you don't have that that completely dominant back-end closer that you had with Bautista, but, you know, to have somebody in Cano to be able to step in is a luxury that, frankly, most teams don't have. You know, there could be a situation every once in a while where Danny Coulomb comes in to face, um, you know, if there's a pocket of lefties in, in an opposing lineup in the ninth inning and he hasn't used Coulomb yet in the game, then then perhaps – you know, Danny Coulomb could get a save here and there, but for the most part, it's going to be Cano. And then the bigger question, honestly, isn't, you know, when you lose somebody like like Felix Bautista, everybody looks at the ninth inning, and that's understandable. But the, the bigger impact is who who pitches the sixth now, who pitches the seventh, because it moves everything in inning up. I'm not as worried about the ninth as I am the sixth and seventh inning.
5: All right, Jacob, we saw Jack Flaherty return yesterday and got into the sixth inning is this six-man rotation going to play out through the rest of the regular season? When does Brandon Hyde start to trim it a little bit heading into the playoffs where six-man rotations aren't necessarily an historic thing there?
6: Yeah, obviously not going to do a six-man in the, in the playoffs. But the, the bigger question when they went to a six-man a couple of weeks ago was if they could make it through the month of August with it. Because once you get to September, rosters will expand. They will get another relief pitcher. So he'll be back to eight relievers and six starting pitchers, um, you know, when they can add another relief pitcher uh, when rosters expand on September 1st. So, um, you know, I I think it looks pretty likely that they're going to keep going with the six-man rotation um, through most of the regular season. Perhaps the last week or so, they might trim it down to start getting ready for the postseason where they would presumably go with a four-man rotation. Um, So, yeah, listen. It's, it's honestly, for, you know, for the most part, it's, it's worked thus far. The bullpen has not been overtaxed. They have had a couple of off days uh, this month because of the West Coast uh, trip that that's helped them in, in that regard. And aside from aside from you know a couple of bad Kyle Gibson starts, and then uh, whatever Jack Flaherty was dealing with after his start in San Diego that caused him to get pushed back a little bit. Most of the guys in the rotation have pitched pretty well under the six-man rotation. It's helping to keep them a little bit more fresh, can hopefully keep them healthy and and fresh for the postseason. And so, you know, I don't see a reason to go away from it, uh, you know, probably until the end of the regular season.
5: Jacob Calvin Meyer covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Sun. Joining us here, Vinny and Haney, 105.7. The fan Orioles take two out of three from the Rockies. Chicago White Sox come to town tonight. Start of a three-game series. Grayson Rodriguez gets the rock. If you're putting together right now, Jacob, and I know the closer situation kind of threw us a curveball, no pun intended, but you're putting together your playoff rotation, give us your guys in no particular order. Or unless you want to order them up, feel free to do so.
6: Yeah. Well, the only person I will put in an order is Kyle Bradish. I think he, if the season ended today, you would have to say that Kyle Bradish is starting game one um, because in a five game series, um, that means he's the one, he is the one that you would want to start two games. Um, And so other than that, I don't really know if the order particularly matters. Um, I think it's tough because over the past month and a half, Grayson Rodriguez has been their second best starting pitcher. But by the end of the regular season, he's going to be up to about 150 or 160 innings on the season, about 60 more than he's ever pitched in his career, 50 or 60 more. And then if you have him gone into the postseason as a starter, you know, you run the, I don't know if it's a risk. The organization knows a lot better than we do. He, he has looked good. Um, and they have a lot of underlying metrics and numbers that they look at to see whether a guy can be, is fatigued or not, high stress innings, all of that stuff. I think the only concern about putting Grayson Rodriguez in my, oh, this is my this would this would be my postseason rotation, is the fact that he's 23 years old. He was the second best pitching prospect in all of baseball heading into the season, and if they make a run in the postseason and he's a starting pitcher, he's going to end the year throwing about 70 more innings than he did last year, or, or sorry, in any year in his uh, professional career. But I will say, I think he would be in it uh, as of right now with the way that he's looked. So you've got bradish rodriguez and then i think it's gibson and kramer um you know cole irvin has been pretty good but i am not sure that they i'm not sure he's done anything to say okay let's put him over kyle gibson who you know he hasn't been light out but he has been consistent a lot of quality starts he's going six or seven innings almost every time uh and then jack slarity same thing i'm not sure he's done enough to say that he's better than dean kramer or kyle gibson at this point they, you know, Flaherty certainly hasn't been as consistent as as Kramer and and Gibson have been.
4: Hey, Jacob. Now, with Batista getting hurt, does that will that change who they bring up on the first?
6: Um. Well, I think in theory, yes, because before Batista got hurt, the conventional wisdom was that they were probably going to bring up DL Hall on September first, and they already did that, and so you can only bring up one relief pitcher. Um, you know, you can only roster 14 pitchers when, when they go to 28 uh, on the roster. And so in terms of, of which reliever they bring up to help them out. Yeah. It, it will, ch- it will change that compared to, you know, it's not going to be a hall cause he's already here. You know, they have a bunch of options down there. Tyler Wells, uh, John means his, uh, his rehab assignment ends. Um in early, in early September, I believe September 8th would be when 30 days are up. So it could be him, um, you know, it would be somebody else before that, of course, if, you know, and then if they decide to bring up John Means, they would they would do an option situation and then bring him up. But with Tyler Wells, he, I believe he got a save uh, on Friday in, in AAA, and he's had success as a relief pitcher before in the major leagues. Um, and so that's a, that's an option. And then they have a couple of other guys in the bullpen, Brian Baker, Joey Grabiel. Um, you've know, had experience up here that they could that they could bring up uh, to help out of the bullpen but it seems to seems likely that Tyler Wells will probably be back up here at some point in September and John means as well. So what that means for the rest of this, you know, there's a lot of uh, interesting kind of machinations to track.
5: He's Jacob Calvin Meyer covers the Orioles and obviously Major League Baseball for the Baltimore Sun. Jacob, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the White Sox series and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yep. All right. It's video at 80, seven, the fan. We have time for a call. We got to take a break. You make the call. with the, Oh, we got to take a break. Then we'll come back, whip around. We got uh, Kyle Barber talking about that Ravens 53-man roster. We're going to get to a guy who's nine wins away from me having to buy alcohol for the first time ever. But don't worry. I'll make it back when I take Q's money again this
0: year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes, the best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan.
5: Vinny and Haiti, 1057 The Fan. Time for the whip around here on this Monday. Bob Haiti, Vince Rado, Nolan McGraw, other side of the glass. Tons going on in the world of sports. How about the start of college football? On Saturday, Dublin, Ireland, Navy, Coach Newberry, first game as uh, the new head man down there in Annapolis, taking on the Fighting Irish, and uh, let's just say the puffy pants were broken out.
0: Play action now on first down, taking another shot over the middle of the field. It's caught! Touchdown, Notre Dame! Jaden Greathouse, the freshman, perfectly there for Hartman.
5: It was hammer time in Dublin. 42-3, final score, number 13, fighting Irish. Beat up on the midshipmen there. Sam Hartman, six-year senior, transfer out of Wake. Four touchdowns in his Irish debut. And, you know, watching the game like everybody else on NBC, a lot of uh, Notre Dame fans very excited about him because quarterback play has been a little inconsistent for them. no
4: doubt about it. I mean, that's been kind of holding them. And the other thing that kind of has held them back, too, they haven't had any great receivers,
5: you know, lately. Miles Boykin, what are you talking about? And then uh, Claypool. Yeah,
4: you know. Hey, who knows? But, I mean, uh, but I mean, it, when he took his helmet off, it was like, damn, you know. He looked like Norm. You know, what? the full beard uh, and
5: everything. His AARP card fell out of his yeah. wallet. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking to the sideline. But 42-3, Notre Dame impressive over the midshipmen. Obviously, Coach Newberry's got some work to do down there in Annapolis. USC, number six in the country, 56-28 over San Jose State. Caleb Williams, last year's Heisman winner, trying to become the first player since, and the only player since Archie Griffin, to win back-to-back Heismans. Four touchdown passes to four different receivers.
4: Yeah. I, you know, I I mean, every, everybody, you know, kind of says like, listen to all these shows. I was listening to Mel. Everybody says that he reminds him of Patrick Mahomes because he can create and throw off balance and do all those things. And when you watch some of the stuff of what he did, you know, I mean, the one, the snap went between his legs or whatever. He rolled around, picked it up. And then like, right, excuse me, right before he got drilled, it was 72 yard touchdown pass, you know. I mean, he's super talented. Biggest question, Bob, I got about SC, you know, and Lincoln Riley always is his defense.
5: San Jose State put up 28 in that game, a 56-28 final score. Maryland opens their season Saturday against Towson down at College Park. Mike Loxley will be joining us here on Vidian Haney coming up Wednesday afternoon. College, or college, Little League. World Series up in Williamsport. It was a uh, back and forth, nip and tuck, a lot of drama. Since they're twelve-year-olds, yeah, there were some tears. Of the crew-style guy got pulled out. He started crying. I mean, it is what it is. And I didn't cry when I was twelve because I was a, uh, I was made of steel. I was jaded by that time. I got hit by a car, Nolan, when I was twelve and didn't cry. But anyway, we're not here to talk about me and my tough exterior and interior. We're here to talk about California walk-off home run style. Challenge! Louis Lappy home run, six-five final score. Curacao tied it in the fifth on a three-run bomb mm-hmm. when they were down five to two. So it went uh, the dramatic walk-off style ABC on the call there. Also over the weekend in the world of sports, Simone Biles wins her eighth U.S. gymnastics championship. She had taken uh, the leave. You got she just got married, but uh, arguably the greatest gymnast to come out of this country, maybe ever. I mean, yeah. I'm not an expert on that sort of thing, but uh, she's the one that's synonymous with that sport for sure. And uh, now the world's coming up in a couple of weeks here. And yeah. the
4: Olympics next year. Can you yeah. let that Bob, when thing I watched, me? you know, like a, a couple years, when she walked off, like when she was having, you know, like uh, mental issues or, you know, what, you know, I mean, she just, I watched it last night and, it, and I love watching the women's gymnastics. I mean, she was so good. And and I watched a movie about her before, Simone Biles, the movie, and she was awesome. That floor exercise she did last night was amazing. She just is so much more powerful than everybody else. And you know what's crazy, Bob, is like these other girls that are going to be on, they're 16 and 17 right. years old. One girl, they showed a picture. She was like uh, six years old, you know, and like uh, Simone Biles, like she put it on. Twitter or whatever at the time and then Simone Biles like hit her up or something,
5: you know, and that girl was like six and now she's on the same team with her. They'll be Olympic teammates, perhaps. A heavyweight championship fight this past Saturday in Poland. Alexander Usyk defends his title. Ninth round uh, TK well KO because he took the ten count. Whoa, Daniel Dubois Over in Poland, but there was some controversy there as Dubois landed a right hand right on the belt line. Usyk dropped like somebody hit him with a baseball bat. Referee ruled it was a low blow and gave him the full five minutes to convalesce. And even Usyk's like, I'm ready to go. And the referee's like, no, you're good. And then he's that's not within his power to do so. So some controversy there. Like Usyk was ready to roll and the referee wouldn't let him go. And he winds up winning. Anyway, so now the wait is for whether or not he and Tyson Fury will fight. In 2020, Ford's video, Haney, 105.7. of the fan, it's the whip around here on this Monday, this day in Orioles history. It's August the 28th, 1983, Memorial Stadium. Disco Dan Ford, Eddie Murray, both had three ribbies each. Cal Ripken drove in two. John Lowenstein, one yard? Mike Flanagan picked up his eighth win of the season coming back from a serious knee injury. 2012, next three are all about you, Nolan, because you were alive and ready to rock and roll. Oriole Park cannon yards, 6 0 over the White Sox. Lou Fort and Adam Jones hit home runs. Nick Marcakis drove in three. Chris Tillman beat Chris Sale, going seven shutout innings. Only one hit allowed. Ooh. Chris Tillman back in those days was uh, just mm-hmm. reaching his potential. He hurt his shoulder in 16. He was done. He got hurt, uh, and then he sprained his. He, remember, he sprained his ankle, and then he hurt his shoulder, and that was it. But back then, he was just coming into his own. and the Orioles win that one six zip. 2014, Oriole Park, Canyon Yard, Steve Pierce went yard. Chris Davis, J.J. Hardy drove in runs. Andrew Miller, trade deadline acquisition, got the win in relief of Bud Norris. Zach Britton's 29th save at 2016, up at Yankee Stadium. Piercy, Steve Pierce. Not Steven Piercy, the singer of Rats. Steve Pierce, three for four with a homer, three driven in. Trumbomb, two-run homer, his 40th of the year. Manny had three hits. Kevin Gaussman, seven shutout innings as the Orioles beat C. Sabathia and the Yankees, five to nothing. That took place seven years ago today, Yankee Stadium. Nolan, we have time for call. What are we doing? Let's go out <laughs> to the phones. Let's bring in from Baltimore, guys, about to enjoy some booze on the old Bobster here. It's Ray. Ray, what's happening?
3: Hey, man. Hey, hey, I, I, I try to tell you, man. I try, I try to tell you, man. You, you know, I mean, I try to tell a lot of these fans the last couple of years because I've, I've been looking at it and, and everybody's enjoying it now, but I respect the fans who, like myself, who, who endured a lot of beatdowns. So there's a lot, a lot of beatdowns, but you know, having said all that, um, you know, if, Real quick, if we're doing a, a rotation for the playoffs, it's simple. It's Bradish, Kramer, and Rodriguez. That's it. If we're talking about, you know, rotations when it comes to that. But before I hang up the phone, because I got a lot of material to get to, I'm going to get to it throughout the week. Yeah. And, yes, Daniel Dubois got screwed over. Yep. I don't even get me started on that. But um, I got a couple questions for Vinny as I hang up the phone. Um, Everybody's excited about Zay Flowers. Mm-hmm. I think I called in a couple months ago saying Zay Flowers might be our Jamar Chase. We'll see what happens as far as the breakout because everyone is just super excited about him. So what's your thoughts on that? And also, you know, Marcus Freeman, you know, I know it's not popular to have man crushes. and You know, you, know, you can have a man crush if you're a man in these days and times, quink, quink. <laughs> but... You know, what I mean, you know, Marcus Freeman is a regal. He has a presence. And I know that's who wins him in recruiting. But my question to you, Vinny, knowing you know the Notre Dame atmosphere and everything, how long is he going to be there? Because this this guy has a glow and he has a presence about him. And I think NFL teams are going to come after him. So what is your thoughts Oh, Marcus Freeman and the job he's done so far at Notre Dame, and also the Zay Flower Thoughts, and I'll talk to y'all tomorrow, players. All right, thanks, yeah. Ray. Last year, I
4: it, it his uh, lack of experience showed up in uh, games last year. You know, I mean, slow slow to roll about him going to the NFL. Right, you know, he's got to win some games. He's got to win some big games.
5: They got Ohio State. They got up Ohio
4: here. State. They got SC. They got Clemson this year. You know, and he's doing a good job recruiting. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be the key for him.
5: Video at Haiti 105.7 The Fan. When we come back, Kyle Barber, Baltimore Beatdown, BaltimoreRavens.com, protect the 53-man Ravens roster with him. And Nolan, we're still in a giving moon,
7: aren't we? That's right. Keep it rolling here. Two more tickets to see ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner this Saturday, Merryweather Post Pavilion. Call me right now. Let's do caller number six. How about that? We did three last time. We'll do double it up here. Caller number 6 410 583 1057. That's Vidy and Haney here
2: on The Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month.
0: New iPhone 15s? You spent
2: here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
4: Sports Information Station 1057
5: The Fan Preseason is over National Football League Vinny and 1057 The Fan Bob Haiti, V. Nolan McGraw The Side of Glass Funhouse coming up A matter of minutes Orioles tonight Taking on the White Sox Camden Yards Me and Jim Hunter Baltimore Baseball tonight Brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts Live from Pickles Pub And that brand new Crush Bus Come on down and Say hello Get you ready for the opener of this one. But uh, let's talk about that projected 53-man roster. Cut down day is what? Tomorrow at 4 o'clock from Baltimore Beatdown, BaltimoreRavens.com. Let's welcome back to the show, Kyle Barber. Kyle, good morning. What's going on?
8: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Another beautiful day.
5: All right, let's look back at Saturday and a couple of guys in your estimation, Kyle, that uh, maybe helped themselves in regards to making a 53 or at the very least uh, help themselves in a big way of possibly being on the Ravens practice squad heading into the year?
8: Yeah, I think, uh, the first name that kind of jumps out is Josh Johnson. Uh, you know, a lot of projections have Tyler Huntley still winning the 53 man roster job over, uh, over Johnson. But the performance over the last two weeks has shown that he still is, you know, capable of, of being a, backup quarterback in the league, be it with the Ravens or otherwise. Maybe he lands with the practice squad for the Ravens, but I thought he did a a good job proving his worth uh, in that regard. Uh, Tyler Wallace is another guy that just continues to have a a great preseason, and Mm -hmm. ultimately I think every every projection I've seen, and including my own, of course, uh, has him as the number six wide receiver winning that depth spot.
4: I guess the question for me is, do you have Cleveland on or off?
8: I have Cleveland on. Um, I, I, I debated that. That was my biggest debate was uh, whether he or Sam Mustafer mm-hmm. make the roster. Mustafer is ultimately my number 54 guy because, uh, you know, I keep going back and forth on this, but the Ravens know that they're going to need maybe another guard if Simpson were to go down or – Styler were to miss time. It just doesn't look like uh, Sala, the rookie, is ready. And instead, maybe you have Cleveland there who has done, you know, adequate in, in, in game time action that we've watched. Uh, meanwhile, you know, and, and Patrick McCarry is always that option as well. I don't like to have McCarry at center, on uh, my projections, but uh, you can't really, you know, with the way that guard kind of shook out, it just, Put a question mark on Sam Mustafer and and uh you know the Ravens are gonna rely on Linderbaum to remain healthy and if if he can't then hopefully they can get Mustafer through practice squad or they'll have to go with McCarry at center.
4: The only thing I, I got with Cleveland is can't play any other position. Can't play tackle, you know, and he can only play guard a little, a little bit. I I don't, I think he's a liability in the past. That's the only thing I got to say about Cleveland is, is, you know, you only have one backup center then in with Macari. Yeah,
8: no, that's, that's the, that's the argument. That's the back and forth of that is is Cleveland is is a guard. He's a backup guard. Uh, Do you want a backup guard that, you know, would be, third or second, depending upon how you see to carry it as a guard uh, backup versus uh, what you want with Cleveland, and then you have the, you know, kind of the developmental project with Sala, or do you want to have a backup center over Cleveland and and call it a day there? Because Cleveland seems like a guy that might get picked up on Waiver's for a third-round pick. Meanwhile, Mustafer you're not really sure if he's going to get scooped up. Uh, and that—that's probably the thinking on. Uh, that's what I assume might be the thinking on being able to cut him and bring him back through onto the practice squad. Because I see Mustipher as a practice squad guy.
4: When you look at the draft picks for this past year, other than Flowers, are you expecting anything from any of them this year?
8: You know, beforehand I said Sala because he was in—he was in contention for that right. spot, but you know it just showed over the last few weeks that he's not. I don't see how Trenton Simpson can really make that great of an impact on the field, other than special teams, just because the Ravens' linebackers for the for this season are absolutely set. Um, Tavius Robinson has got a, you know, he's got to to develop further, and and Kyle Kelly's kind of back there on the part, back part of the roster. Um, it's it's tough to see a lot of impact from the youth and uh, from the Ravens this year because they have a lot of good incumbents at the positions that they drafted. So I think Flowers is the guy that's going to make the most notable impact. And afterwards, you know, it's about developing those rookies and, and getting them prepared for next season and hopefully having some impact. You know, that'd be great to have them out there. But there's just so many starters and quality starters at the positions of where the Ravens drafted this year.
4: Now, you know, it's after watching the three preseason games and stuff, I kind of see... Ajabo right now kind of like I saw Kyle Hamilton last year. I told Bob this morning I think Clowney starts you know against Houston at the uh outside backer spot I yeah, Ajabo I mean he just he doesn't play as aggressive as he was in practice in the games
8: Yeah you know I've heard some people say that as well and and maybe you know uh it's it, you know the the preseason got a little bit of the better of him he also didn't have the amount of snaps that you would see uh just because he was playing so few reps in the first two preseason games he was only in there for about a quarter if that just a few defensive drives so that's also part of the questions regarding that is is maybe he comes on you know a bit later in games and has a greater impact but yeah you would have liked to have had him you know put put a few more stats on the on the sheet over the first three preseason games. And I agree. I think Jadevian Clowney is going to start in that, uh, in that week one. Um, I think he's a more well-rounded outside linebacker. And I think the Ravens might want to have a out there for, for, you know, more pass rush uh, packages where they have more outside linebackers and they kick maybe Clowney inside and a goes outside with OA And, and they kind of put in a full pass rush unit for third and long opportunities for a to maybe, you know, be able to get his feet more set and, and get after quarterback. So that's an opportunity there.
5: Kyle Barber, Baltimore Beatdown, BaltimoreRavens.com. Kyle, before we let you roll, not that John Harbaugh may have asked for your opinion, but any issues with the starters on offense, the the established guys not getting any run during the preseason? We've seen others, other teams, Rogers, Mahomes, Watson, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Josh Allen, get their share of snaps here.
8: You know, no. Uh and I say that because I think that the NFL is transitioning more into risk aversion with this preseason. I know that you saw some of the bigger name guys out there practicing, but uh are those the quality reps that are really going to be the determining factor in whether or not the offense or the the team as a whole is going to be ready for week 1? I don't think so, and I also think that joint practices are becoming more of the NFL's kind of future, and that's where they can get their live reps for their guys without putting them in harm's way. I believe this year was an NFL record for the most teams doing joint practices, uh, and I think that's kind of uh, going to be a trend that continues.
5: Kyle Barber, tell everybody about Baltimore Beatdown and what you do for the Ravens website.
8: Absolutely, yeah. You can check out the work of myself, my wonderful staff over at com. We do full coverage of the Baltimore Ravens, Anything and Everything. We try to get that posted up there for you to enjoy. I also write as a freelance writer for BaltimoreAvens.com, publishing under their Late for Work section, every monday so go check that out i published that this morning and uh you gentlemen have a wonderful rest of your show thank you kyle. thank
5: you there's kyle barber everybody it's Vinny and haney 105.7 the fan funhouse coming up next got news from the nest coming up top of the hour where's the money we'll find out buy or sell style Twelve fifteen. talk about the orioles the series well the win but the loss yesterday and the loss of their closer for the foreseeable future felix batista you're now you're the manager of the Orioles. Who's your closer in the final five weeks of this regular season? Put together your playoff rotation as well. We'll listen. Got your Ravens roster. We're going to start breaking that one down in a big way. Vinny's got, what, 26 D, 24 offense? Is that what we're leaning with? I Randy? got uh, 24 offense, 26 D, yep. Man, he'll elaborate on that. Jason Cole, longtime NFL writer, joins us at 1 o'clock for some NFL lunch. American League East report. We'll also look at the standings throughout baseball. There's been a change in one of the divisions. We'll elaborate on that. And Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. talks some college football with him, which kicked off last week. Really starts to roll this weekend. Maryland hosting Towson. Mike Loxley joins us on Wednesday.
4: What are you drinking? Vinny. Cake bread Chardonnay. Haney. McUltra.
6: Vinny and Amy.
4: Oh 105.7. The fans.
5: News for the Nets coming up top of the hour. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fed. Talk about the Ravens Getting that roster down to 53. Everybody has to do it in the league. By 4 o'clock tomorrow, we'll count some early week money. Buyers sell, twelve fifteen. 15 Talk about the Orioles a little bit more. Losing yesterday, 4-3. Taking on the White Sox tonight. American League East report coming up. At one fifteen. Grayson Rodriguez on the hill for the Orioles, taking on Michael Kopek. You're the uh, new manager of the Orioles, not the Brandon Hyde's going anywhere, but you get the drill. Felix Batista's out. Is it you near Cano? Your confidence level can't be as uh, big as it was. Say what Cano was dealing when he first came up from Norfolk, Mm -hmm. but still acceptable. Is he good enough? Is the bullpen good enough to get the Orioles deep into the postseason once, in fact, they get there? So join us for that fun. And you are going to project the Ravens roster? How are you doing it? Has Josh Johnson done enough to take Tyler Huntley's spot? I don't think so. You know what I mean? But Huntley hadn't played since the Eagles game. Well, that was three weeks ago. Right.
4: Because, Bob, another way that you can look at it is Huntley's a free agent after this year, and Josh Johnson, they're both on one-year deal, so who would you rather have? You know, and and to me, that's that's a monkin' call. Yeah.
5: But Johnson's looked good, man. He's
4: played very well. I mean, Bob, he took it five plays for a touchdown against Tampa's number one defense. That was not the backups. Right. That was their starters. You know, and they just went bing, bang, boom, touchdown. You know, it was a nice throw to Treadwell. Good run by Treadwell, you know, going for the score. But that was a hell of a drive.
5: So we'll find out. We'll know the answers to all of these questions that we might have and you might have coming up by 4 o'clock tomorrow. But feel free to share your opinions on what should happen there. Let's bring Nolan McGraw in. Quick draw, what's going on? Doing pretty good. Thinking more about this
7: closer (laughs) debacle, who you might put in there. I said earlier that Cano's the guy for now. Could be someone else down the road or in the postseason. But Tyler Wells seems like a lot of texters would like him to slot in as the closer. And we talked about him having that past experience, but what's been the one issue for Tyler Wells this year? Home runs, the long ball. You're a starter, you know, you're gonna trust him to go out there give you five, six innings. He gives up a couple solo homers. Who cares? But closer, I mean, when you got that danger, that threat always looming of giving up a homer, that
5: you know. Yeah, and most of the time, you're coming in. It's a one-run. Mm-hmm. Advantage, high pressure. Yeah, you know, and then you give up that bomb. All of a sudden, this uh, this save becomes a blown save, and now you're moving into extra innings. But he was their best starting pitcher for most of the first half of the season, so you want him to be an integral mm-hmm. part, hopefully, of what they're trying to accomplish in the final five weeks of the season, if he's capable of doing it. We don't know yet. We'll find out. We don't know. If we had a crystal ball, I'd be walking out there buying that Mega Millions ticket that retires me for the rest of my life. We don't know yet. We'll all find out together, but Cano's going to be first in line as we saw over the weekend. Right, and again, obviously prefer none of this to
7: happen, but better you figure this out now with a good month left in the season than let's say this happened with a week left in the season. Well, now you're really scrambling. Who do we trust in the playoffs?
5: Now you got some time to figure it out. Correct. It's video at Haiti One O Five Seven the Fed. Quick draw. Are you gonna be with me tonight down at uh, Pickles? I will be there. So we're gonna be down there with Jim Hunter for Baltimore baseball tonight, brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts. Your first glimpse of the uh the crush bus. So you were very impressed with what Tom and yeah. everyone's doing down there. Smashing right? success. And
7: yeah. that was on peak crowd of Friday night. That's as crowded as it gets at Pickles. Yeah. And there were no long, excessive lines.
5: So you'll see it firsthand tonight. Come on down. Let's have some fun together down at Pickles Pub. Let's have some fun right now going through the fun house. Quick Draws Fun house.
4: The rudeness, tunist text reader. Who's
0: oh, the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. Sponsored by the Smile Design Center. Changing the way you feel about dentistry one smile at a time. For information or to schedule an appointment for care, give them a call today. 443-348-8812.
1: I like that quick draw.
4: 1057 The Fan. Start with
7: John. John in Westminster says, I don't think the sky is falling. We have plenty of guys who could get a chance to step into that closer role, but I do think this makes uh, Elias or puts more pressure on Elias this offseason to go get a Josh Hader type or another actual closer in free agency.
5: Or throwing out all possible scenarios, Cano thrives, and then you don't have to worry about that. But with the ucl not ucla bruins mm-hmm. <laughs> ucl you're learning <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it, we're assuming maybe hopefully we're wrong batista is going to get tommy john and we are not going to see him anytime soon so that might be an area of need remember josh hater from millersville went to old mill orioles drafted him traded him in the bud norris deal 10 years ago he's been a multiple time all-star from milwaukee now uh san diego coming back home might not be a bad thing but he ain't gonna be cheap let's put it that way another one here
7: says i almost feel like bautista was reaching back trying to put everything he had on that last pitch friday night looking to get a huge pop from the crowd ended up pushing it
5: too far hurting himself yeah i mean i don't know what was going through his brain as he's throwing the pitch got throws, <laughs> throws over 100 miles an hour <laughs> all the time did he go for a little extra and it turned out to cost him i mean i guess I'm not blaming him I'm not victim blaming that's for sure another one here says uh good early
7: signs for sala in his career didn't win the starter job but tons of upside happy that he uh was in the conversation this early
4: yeah, no doubt about it. And um, I think he does a real nice job in the run. And the biggest thing is, I, I wish Joe D was here, the old line coach, and we could say, mentally, how good is he mentally? You know, is he super smart? Because that that's going to be the big test for him.
7: And before we hit this break, let's keep it rolling with these giveaways. Two more tickets. All right. ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner again this Saturday, the Sharp Dressed Simple Man Tour. Good name for a tour there. Merryweather Post Pavilion this Saturday the 2nd you could win two tickets right now be caller number 10 Big caller number, number 10. Making you work, everybody.
5: I don't think we do. Video at <laughs> 8105, 7 of the fan. We'll come back. News from the Nets. Talk about those Ravens. You want to project that 53-man roster? Feel free to get in. We'll count some cash. Hopefully at 12 15. Buy yourself. Talk more about the Orioles and everything that happened this weekend in the world of sports Baltimore baseball tonight. Live from Pickles, me, Jim Hunter, Nolan. Brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts. Come on down. And say hello. Mike Loxon joins us Wednesday as Maryland opens their season Saturday against House.